Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. I may not know what to uh, do with myself now that I'm not either behind a kitchen table, behind a poker table, or in a hot tub. This is wild. You know, in, in, in the sense of, of the, the table movement locations that we've had, is it's unbelievable. Also, we've never even had a sturdy table. Even when we were at our first location, it was still yeah. like, this is, this is it. We've baby steps made it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, um... I just, it feels surreal. Like, I feel like there were several times in the last three months where I was just sitting here in this room and I was just like, this is never going to end. That's, that's kind of like going back to like what I was telling, telling you two last week was how cool is it going to be when we actually want to come here? Well, I never, oh, yeah. I never didn't want to come here. No, there was I definitely. Just, no, yeah, there was, was like, there was quite a few times where it was like, do I go home? Shit. Or do I go work on the studio? Yeah, it was just really good when you come back from California. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's gone and you got a man cave slash studio that you just don't even want to go back upstairs in your own house. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, what what time did you guys leave last night? I guarantee you Matt stayed down here for another hour. (laughs) I did come back down last night. Yeah, I bet you did. We we did save the hardest part for you, though. Getting that bowl down here was almost excruciating. It worked. We, we had about it, half It's an definitely inch. staying with the studio and going with the house. Of the <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's just an added bonus, I suppose, right? Uh, unless you're, I guess. You know what? Would in today's. Sell, would you sell to, uh, to a Californian? Yeah, you would. I mean, absolutely. He's, 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 he's 50%. He's wait, 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 wait. Yeah, 50%. rephrase that. Isn't he technically a Californian? No, we, we're not quite. I'm not. No, three months. I didn't get the six months. I'm not resident. True. You're only gone for three months. Yeah. When did you leave? January or uh, December fifteenth. Oh wow. That seemed like it was like, because that was like right around when Bull Mountain Brothers was like. No, it worked out perfect for me when taking off. You leave, was... you come back, everything's done, but the couch, <laughs> the game, and the head. There's a company <laughs> just started in your basement when you get home. <laughs> that's that. It's crazy to think about though, because it seems like it was like forever ago, forever ago that. We started working on the studio. Did you hear and, you swallow just now? Yeah. <laughs> Are you all right? I just about hiccup. Was that medical? It got a little Western for a second. But, like, I mean, honestly, like, think about it. It's like, does it not feel like it's been six months to a year working on this place? Oh, yeah. It feels... Yeah, it's crazy. Like we were saying, it's just, like, every time we came here, I was excited because we we're always doing something different and getting, like, progress, you know, progressing more and more and more. But there was just, like... When it was like seven days in a row of me getting pulling in my driveway at like two in the morning, I was just like, I could be, I could be done with this for did, a little bit. Did you not feel like a point in the mix of all this that like it was, it felt like we weren't getting anything done? Did it ever feel like that? No. Cause I mean like we were always doing like, there was always more things added to this, but I just know that like the second time Ramsey and I went and got Barnwood, we we're just like so tired of that kind of shit. Cause we had to travel. Um, like we had to go home, which is 30 miles from here. And then we had to go like another 15 miles to a farm and then like rip these barnwood panels off without breaking them in half. And there was like a trick to it. 
And so Ramsey and I were just so over it that we just started breaking down doors off the barns. Oh yeah, we stole two doors off the uh, off the barns, which you know they're gonna burn down the barns anyway. So yeah, we're saving all of the saving the history, dude. Yeah, we should like brand into the board that ranch name. Yeah, that was definitely a that was a. I mean the 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 first time that we brought this in to get the backdrop of the of the set done, it was like. I heard from you guys right after work that you guys were, you know, we're going to go out there and get it. It's like, we should be, you know, hour, hour and a half. And I was like, cool. So I was, I think that was the day that I was here for like almost. Was, yeah. You came here at like noon. Yeah. And fit was hanging the rest of the sheetrock. Right. And then we got, I, I get a call at, or I call Ramsey at like eight forty-five, and I'm like, what's going on, dude. And he's like, yeah, so we didn't bring uh, we didn't bring tools to do this, so it was uh, caveman style. Okay, out there. Dude, we grabbed a four. Now man. hold on here. <laughs> there is a whole part to the story. So I texted one of the landowners that I'm really good friends with. I was like, "Hey, I remember like going out there and hunting. There was this old homestead that was way out on the prairie, and I was like, "Hey, can I steal some barnwood for that? Because I had this idea and whatever." He's like. Let me ask my brother because he's the one that's living at the house now. I was like, all right, cool. Text me back. He said, hey, he's got some piled up. He said, word for word, I have some piled up in the front yard. You can just come take what you want. Now, when a farmer tells you that something is piled up in the front yard, you better make sure they don't mean it's still in the form of a building. (laughs) I thought he just had piles laying there, so I was like, I don't need any That'd tools. That'd be too easy, though. Come on. But we were also, like, showed up on, like, a 15-degree night yeah, with, uh, with no tools. So, like, we borrowed, like, a flashlight and a crowbar, and then found uh, the landowner found a two-foot four-by-four, and that actually worked better than anything because you could just stand inside and just pound out the boards, and they would come through the nails without, like... Because if you used a crowbar, it would try to break the boards in half. Right. So, yeah. That was an adventure. More surface area on a four by four. So next time you go hunting out there and you walk by like you're walking out walking out to the rim, you can be like, Hey, stole the boards off that thing. Yeah, it's just like front of a building, giant gap where you can see everything inside, front of a building, and it's all one long building. So what was yeah. your favorite part of building this? Building the uh finishing it. Mine was definitely when the night that we got the platform done and put the table on it. That was no, like, yeah, that, like was, that was when you like knew it was like next level from like just because I mean, we had the table in here way different than this. Oh, yeah. I mean, this table has been absolutely Frankenstein to death. I right. mean, it's beautiful. We we turned it into polished the turd, man. And we were a little skeptical on the size of it, but I mean, like, I feel like the four of us are sitting pretty comfortably right now at this table, right? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't go any smaller. No. No. <laughs> no. But I, I don't think that, like, I don't think we'd want to go any bigger either. I think this is perfect. And I think that, been... like, Riley, you and I had that conversation. It was like, when this actually got done, it was like, I feel like all of us had the idea that the table needed to be so big. Yeah. Like, in in, in our retrospect, in our in our visions, it was like, you know, we need this big ass table where we can get five, six people to sit on it. And then we built this thing and we're like, you know, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. Well, it's like a six person table if you have six Sean's. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know. I don't know. I don't know about six Sean's. Five Sean's. I don't know about that. Well, five uh, and a half for sure. I know it's kind of like interesting to think about like when you're telling people, like, I'm building a set, like a studio set 
to to film an audio podcast. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's like all this effort we put in this is all for video for like something that we're like eighty percent audio at the moment. But like, I mean, we got cameras on cameras but right now. But well, but the crazy thing is, it's coming back from California, walking into this. I mean, it's it's something where you leave and you got just junk stacked up in every shelf, and then you come back and you're envisioning something that's totally different. You kind of seen a little bit of the podcast on YouTube and you walk in and you're like, holy cows, I'm so proud of what you guys have accomplished and what you guys have done. Was it, um, was there a thing like, did you like it? Like we walked in, was it like, oh yeah, this is definitely like, I can roll with this. This is, or was it like. Basically to, to sum up Riley's question, what was your first impression of this place when you walked in here? Yeah. Well, once I got past the basement part, <laughs> oh. with everything that went in the other room and walked in here, I was like, holy cow. Then I walked back out to go up the stairs and I was like, holy cow. <laughs> well, I think that uh, the thing that I was the happiest with is like, we were kind of skeptical in the paint scheme in here and like w- you and your wife to tell us that like, it looks really good. And like, we picked good colors. That was pretty yeah, like relieving. Cause I think eventually what we'd like to do is uh, tape off some mountains and do like the opposite color. You know, like when people come in here, it looks like a, you know, mountains, bull mountains in the back and then have someone like maybe stencil and, our logo on that big wall. That's like, that's like that video we put out yet or today. It's like, yeah, this morning it's like the part that I feel like I left out in that was it's done, but it's not really done. I mean, there is always going to be tons of things that we're adding to this. Like we still need to trim that window and get our TV in here. Yeah. That's what I was going to say when you guys are talking about pictures, when Matt talking about Matt, like coming down here later, I was like, dude, we don't have TV in here yet. You won't even know. Like once you can sit down in here and just watch and go through our own stuff on this TV, you know, lock the door and get away from everyone. I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's like a our podcast studio slash man cave. Oh yeah, Matt's gonna sure. be like world record setting on Big Buck Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> He's just in here. Well, like I just gotta beat morning. myself because I'm already real <laughs> holder on the game. Well, and well, the funny thing fixed, is, is like not for long. You have like four blue collar people that. I don't know. We had to learn. We've had to learn everything that we've ever done editing. I mean, uh, everything that we've had to learn. And I guess the vibe that I got from research and this and that is like a studio needs to feel comfortable. And I think that's the vibe you get from in here. You know, like when you have people come from other states and other cities and they come in here and they want to be on the pod, like it's not really a like a one hour deal. They come in and, and that, that's how it is for some people, you know, the people that do it on zoom calls and stuff like that. But for like how we want to treat people and how like, we're just kind of like a family, you know, like this is kind of the setting we have. It's comfortable. In. It's well, like it's super homey when you get, well, right. the best way I can describe it is like for us who've been there, but like walking into the lodge at Dave's, that makes you just feel like you're at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that. Well, The lodge is pretty good, but I mean, all honesty, I, compare this to camp like, yeah yeah like the lodge i like the lodge i love the lodge don't get me wrong but you walk in there but it's still like a house right like you can't True. just kick back and do what you want because you kind of gotta keep on your toes a little bit where right. the studio on camp when you go out to the cabin which you guys will see this week right. it's coming up week for the turkey hunt it's just i mean it's another man cave right just not as luscious as this man can. And, and you know, it's right. funny that you, know, you, you just, you, you walk in, kick your boots off and 
sit down and have a snack. You know, you don't have to worry about. Yeah. yeah or like even like when you have like a, sorry, Sean, I'll get no, you. No, you get, you pop, dude, it's going to be interesting uh, when we do the four of us or we do three of us or two of us or one of us, but four at the most without a guest trying not to talk over each other. But anyways, um, like another aspect I feel like I see from the studio feeling so comfortable is like, let's say it's the three of us interviewing someone or two of us interviewing two people or whatever it is. If they come with their wife or their, their ch- children, well, maybe not children. I mean, I don't know what people are bringing to podcasts, but if they're, if they're traveling with their significant other or something like that, this is a comfortable feel like they can hang out on the couch, watch what's going on. And for a lot of people, and this is kind of like what we talked a long time ago about was like, let's say uh, like your dad comes on, right? Absolutely. And like an older person comes on that has all this um, knowledge and stories and stuff. I think it would be really like fun for the family to be able to sit and watch it go down, you know, like something like that. I mean, maybe not your family in particular, but maybe we have a guest and they get to sit in and watch their, you know, their, you know what I mean? Storytelling here. Well, well, absolutely. Just like Macy actually texted me earlier, right before the podcast. Are you guys started yet? Yes. Well, she wanted to come watch the podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. And she's able to do that. She can come sit on the couch and Esther chills out down there. And- right. I, I heard the same thing from from one of our our buddies that the three of us know that was like, hey, text me next time you guys are recording. I just want to come sit on the couch in there and watch it. And I'm like. Yeah, we only have a $30 entry fee. That's so right. it's good. <laughs> well, I, well, but I mean, Friends you do have discount. a full bar. I yeah. mean, for 30 bucks. I mean, it's a hell of a deal. Yeah. So like back to like what I was originally going to say is like, I feel like. I mean, at least for the three of us, I don't think we really ever had the, I mean, I didn't personally have the idea of man cave, you know, situation in this room. Yeah. I mean, did you? I, I think it like manifested itself as we like, like you realize that you have this like, uh, this room and it's a certain uh, square feet and you got to fill it with stuff. And you're like, once you get to that point where it's turning into like you can put whatever you want in it. Like you can put whatever feels good. And you know, like I guess when you first started, it was like, Oh, we have this corner part of the room with this nice backdrop, this nice table. And then it was like, no, we gotta, we gotta do it right. You know, like we got to show people what the process is about. And like, sometimes that stuff on the computer is challenging and like, you want to, like, it's going to be nice to be able to like take a break and just go sit down on the couch for, for five minutes. Right. And it's funny that, that Matt, I mean, brings it up twice now. It's like, I never even thought of the idea of, of this actually being like a hangout zone slash man cave. Like I, I seriously thought it was going to be like a, I mean, maybe, maybe not a hundred percent thought it was just going to be show up and work type deal. I mean, I, I figured between the four of us, it was going to turn into something a little bit like this, but never anything like it is now. I mean, this is crazy. Well, let me, let me ask you guys a question as like, uh, I mean, you have two business owners in here, um, you guys probably, and especially you at like, you know, you've been through the business and whatnot. Um, I'm trying to not say you're old without saying you're, you've, you're you experienced. Say, you can say it. Um, you probably didn't want to get into another business venture with close people that wasn't fun. You know what I mean? Like that was like, a, like annoying to do. And that was kind of like, this is, there's challenges to this. Like we all get to, con- not combat, but like get our ideas together. And, you know, we might not agree you know, but we can come, it's, I don't know what I'm trying to say is like, this company needs to be like a good experience for everybody instead of like, 
a blue collar deal where it's like work your ass off and don't do anything else. And I think we're like capturing that atmosphere. Right. And like leading off what you said, I have a good question for Matt. It's like, besides, you know, not trying to say that he's, he's an old man or anything, but like the three of us are obviously younger and we're kind of more in that, that era of, of generation that's like revolved around this kind of stuff. And like, what really like struck you that like you wanted to do this? Well, like I told Ramsey and Chum Lee last night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad this is manifesting itself as we speak. Oh, I love it. Is, is a real good friend of ours, uh, my, one of my dad's best friends that got him in the trapping. He lived to be a hundred years old. He was born in 1893. Died in 1993. In 1981, he had an interview for the college out of Missoula. And he, he's been gone for years. And I found the recording Holy probably shit. five years ago. And dad hasn't heard his voice in, you know, 30 years or going on almost 30. And being able to listen to that through, you know, just brought back hearing the guy's voice, reading something is one thing, but hearing the voice. That really wanted me to be in you guys' podcast and be part of this and bring my dad in and different people. Even for my daughter, when she has a kid and I'm gone in 50 years, let's say, they can come back and watch this on YouTube or listen to us on probably by that time. Spotify won't be there. It'll probably be, this will be like the CD or something. You know? Right. Yeah, this will be like you can like click a button on your wrist and then floppy disk come Matt's, back Matt's or, voice or comes back up. <laughs> But, show you no, it's even easier is. now than it would be for you to listen to, yeah, like your dad to listen to his buddies from back in the day. Or well, something. the thing is, is to have my like for instance with my dad, I can't wait for my dad to come on this podcast just because he has stories that I can't tell the same passion that he has, when right? He tells them. Firsthand, yeah. And when I tell him, it almost sounds like you're kind of adding stuff to the story, yeah, because you don't have the passion, you can't see it in their eyes and their face and their gestures while they're telling the story. And it just comes alive when you have somebody in person telling their own story. Right. And I feel like, like even back when we started in, you know, December doing this, it was like the three of us always had that conversation where it was like, this isn't only, you know, just because we enjoy doing it. It's like the memories that we're building that are, are being saved on a computer and saved on everyone's phone is like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's kind of a podcast, but it's kind of a storytelling situation at the same time. Because, right. you know, I've, I've listened to you guys since you guys started in California, listen to the podcast. And I say podcast, but at the same time, I'm listening to your guys' telling your story, your life story. And you, you can't beat that. Yeah. Well, and I'd like, you know, to even go more on what you're saying, even when I was telling stories of like stuff that you and I have done in the past it was like not the same without, if I would have had you here to tell the stories, like even the, the, uh, the interesting, scary thing that happened to us a couple of years ago. Like I just, there's a part of it that I know that you would tell that would like show even more emotion of how like interesting it was and terrifying it was <laughs> and how much fun it was to leave Corey and Ramsey in the ditch. But, but we were worried about them at the same oh, absolutely. time. I mean, we texted them, right? I know we yeah. definitely texted them right away. Especially when we heard the gong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well I guess my phone uh, is dead, so. we might as well just say, hey, uh, welcome back. I guess now you should know at this point, uh, if you're on TikTok and our socials and stuff, that the studio is done. We're in the studio now. Um, everything is probably going to be videoed from here on out, even if it's just 
two of us or four of us or five of us or whatever. And I, without further ado, we're pretty excited to finally have a full team here and Matt's back from California. So yes, I am. Yay. Good to have you here, Matt. A little, uh, a little kind of backstory on Matt here. Um, what are you 20? You've been hunting your whole life. Your dad's a, I mean, he's been trapping for how many years? Well, he's been trapping since the sixties. Yeah. So your entire life has been revolved around the outdoors and you're a good friend of ours. So that's why we really thought this could really blossom into a good, um, you know, working relationship within our own friendship. Absolutely. And, and I've been around the hunting situation. My dad started his outfitting business in 1985. So, and before that, I mean, we were running the trap line, you know, 20 below zero underneath his jacket with my little face out the top. And he's wrapped me around there going down the river in a boat with no windshield. Right. And I think that, you know, to, to say out loud, you know, cause I've talked about, you know, my beginning, you know, um, shadowing Dave last year and then becoming, being able to guide this year. We've talked a little bit about guiding, but I guess people probably have a thought in their head about guiding. And I guess what I'd like to say about you and the best thing about you and Dave is that your guiding is not like you're on this cut grass. Everything's pinned to the, not a yellow, to the trees. It's not a yellow brick like, road. This is basically like they're, they're outfitting to a point where they're fair chase outfitters. It's all like they're, you're just hunting, but your, your, your experience is bringing people animals. It's not like super oh, oh, bougie. Oh, for sure. It, it's, it's more of like when I shoot a deer with a client the first week, I want to better myself. Like I'm not hunting for the client per se, which is, I shouldn't really be saying that, but it's the truth. I'm kind of hunting for myself. I get the privilege of watching someone take game, but I want to beat what I seen the week before, you know, whatever we shot, I want something bigger than what we shot the last week. And sometimes it's not fair to the client that's like, holy cows, there's a good buck. And I'm like, no, we can do better than that. We will do better than that. I feel like, I shot that last week. I feel like there's a <clears throat> there's a stigma that goes with, with outfitting in, in Montana, I guess. Because, I mean, in a sense, if you're somebody who's never been around it or even seen it, I feel like you're just thinking... Oh, you know, they're on a, they're on a game ranch and they just drive up in a truck and, sh you know, yeah, pump the rifle out the window yeah, and shoot a huge, you know, 400 inch bull. Yeah. Cause you could take your skills. You could take exactly what you do every day. And if you wanted to public land hunt and whatever, you'd have like you doing the same thing just on a, on a ranch that you lease. Like, it's not like, like there's, you don't have guys going out the night before pinning animals down. The, the biggest thing with why we get big game is we manage we manage our ranch like a lot of not to throw block management under the bus or anything, but you have block management and you have a thousand people come in there hunting it that, that year. And they're shooting, you know, unmature, unmature deer, two, three, four year old bucks when they should be shooting the five, six and seven year olds right. because they're shooting the first thing they see because they might not have the opportunity on the next hunt. And right. that, that's, that's the difference I feel like between block and an actual outfitter is you guys are there to sustain that herd management who's there out on the block management doing that i mean that's that is up to the you know number 565 that's hunted out there this year that's right. up to him you, you know, know this 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 guy may be like oh i'm gonna wait on a more mature mature buck but the next guy watts out there sees a two point absolutely shoots it, so yeah which herd management is i mean 
I've come to learn that is a huge factor in in how to keep a population stable and how to keep a population alive. Yeah, well, we talk about this a lot on the property that we hunt as the three of us to where we go by that stigma, you know, where we make sure that the only thing we're harvesting is like mature does or mature bucks. And that's why we get so frustrated when there's other people that like go out there and they like have an ATV full of like two points. You know what I mean? It's just that that is a, but I guess what I'm trying to get on like the whole, like your kind of experiences, like do you ever, you guys ever watch the outdoor channel going up Mm -hmm. and did you ever have this idea in your head when they'd like, there'd be a camera guy and two people, two people guiding like one guy and you could tell that they just literally handpicked this stuff. Like you ever hear of the spider bowl? So the spider bowl, I think is used to be the world world record rifle, non-typical. And if you do a lot of research on that and I can't completely speak for it cause I, I'm not sure if I'm speaking current as much as I can, but I know for a fact that they do stuff like that bull would be spotted the night before days before. And they'd be like, Hey client fly in, come shoot this bull, pinpoint it. He's basically tied to a tree. Like everything that, that we're doing is so different from that. It's so more, like I said, like if you, you could, you're doing the same thing you would do if you were hunting for yourself on public land and private land, you're just using the skills you learned in Montana to help other people harvest animals. I mean, Riley, you've been coming out to the ranch with me for what, 10, 11 years now. Right. And you've been guiding with us. This year will be your first year not shadowing one of us. So is this my rookie season then? It is. is (laughs) Even though, even though I've been out there, like seen it done, been around it. This is my rookie season. Absolutely. What are the expectations for my rookie season? That you better do better than me. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> can can I ask you a question though, Matt? Is he the only person that's ever gotten out of the uh the tree stand, taken a piss and shot an elk with his pants around his ankles? That they weren't around, around my ankles. Well well, absolutely. <laughs> when I told him, Whatever you do, do not get out of this tree stand. And we shot a twenty six inch whitetail that same same week that he would have shot that day. But yeah, you did get your first elk. So. I did get my first elk. But where I was going with that story was I was in high school when I shot that elk. You were, yeah. It was your junior year, probably. Yeah. And uh, but but on the ranch when we got it, we have certain areas that we we don't hunt. I mean the hayfield. I mean you can have Booney Crockett out there, and it's just a no shoot zone. So if you were like like I was the, like I'm talking about these this stigma of outfitters. I think that if you were that stigma of like the, the just like playground animals, whatever, like you'd be shooting them out of the hayfield if you didn't have morals and, and ways that you guys hunted like with, you know, out, what am I trying to say here? I was <laughs> No, what I'm trying to say is like, you guys have uh, morals and stuff. You're, you're not shooting them out of the, out of the backyard of the, the landowner's house, basically. Where it's no, easy. No, no, absolutely. And we've had some monster bucks that the landowner's wife used to feed. Right. That <laughs> that would make my little dinky bull look small. I mean. I don't know. Wild. I, I mean, honestly, though, I have a question for the three of you. It's like back to the whole block management thing. Do you think it's like the reason herd management is just kind of non-existent? In that, I mean, it's it's there, but it's not as as strong as it should be. Um, do you think it's because 
if you're that Joe Blow that's out there hunting, you want you think the next guy will do it, and then they'll think the next guy will do it. No, no. The biggest thing, like with buck management and public land, is everyone road hunts, <laughs> and it, it's the same thing we do out, out when we're guiding. We, I mean, we'll do what, 125, 150 miles a day on a ranger, and I can't show you that ranch in five days if we just drive. And but it's the same with public land. I mean, you got to get out of your vehicle and you got to put the miles in. You got to hike and you got to. You got to get off the beaten path because them big boys already got their does. They're already up in the hills. I mean, the them big bucks will come in our hayfield in the dark, and they're gone in the dark. Yeah, they're smart. They're intelligent. I, I mean, and you, you've you been with us long enough, Riley, that uh, you'll be five miles off the hayfield, and you'll have a buck with three or four does with him, a monster buck that was in the hayfield the night before. Yeah, So because you, your guys are basically using um, – you, what is it? Thirty by ten miles is what you're you're. Thirty by eighteen. Thirty by eighteen, um, you're having to use side by sides to get to certain spots to make stocks, to make sits, to make all the stuff just because of sheer land size. Well, well, sure land size, but we just do a, a lot of our clients are elderly clients. They're older. Yeah, I mean they can't do it. You know they're in their between fifties to eighties. You know we had a guy named Jack Webb down there. That was in his late 80s. I mean, he was a hunter. He just couldn't get very far from the ranger. But, you know, he drew two elk tags and shot two two nice bulls. Yeah. And uh, But you got to get off the beaten path. I mean, that that's just it. And and what we do is a lot of stock and spot, spot and stock. You know, you just get up high in your glass. But what people don't understand is when you're glassing, something like that, the ranch we're on, you got to move. Like, you can glass one spot, but everyone's does it for two or three minutes and oh, I don't see nothing. We're gone. You got to sit there for 10 to 20 minutes and then move 20 feet and glass the same stuff. And you're like, Holy cows, where'd them deer come from? It's just a different angle. Well, it's crazy that, that you're in basically bad lands. If you've been to Montana, I mean, um, from anywhere from, I don't know, big timber over to Sydney, Montana, that's the kind of stuff you're in when it comes to timber and hills and stuff like that. Yes. And some of that stuff you just can't, you can't see stuff in unless it actually, like if it, it could stand there for three hours and you couldn't see it, the second it makes a twitch, all of a sudden you can see it. Yeah. Like you'll tell the story someday of your cousin um, and that spike, if we had, if that spike hadn't like turned its head or something and it was just in a, like a basic coulee with like fields around, it wasn't even a hard one to find, but it's the same scenario where if it didn't barely move a little bit, you would have never seen it. And and once you see it, you can't get it out of your eyes. Yeah, I mean that's like, all. Wow, how did I not see that? <laughs> and that's like our that's like our Bull Mountain stigma too. It's like every time we're hiking in the Bull Mountains, it's like we'll be able to get to a glassing point this next draw. It looks open. Like we're, we're going to see it. And then you get there, it's like nope, yeah. it's not. This is worse than the last one. Let's yeah, keep you're, moving. You're oh, the next one. Oh yeah. Nah, good to have this. you back. Glad to have you back, Ram. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good thing I yelled when I said that. You might catch it on camera. Yeah, but I mean, like it, it's true because. It's like from where I came from hunting in Western Montana, it was like, you can get to big open draws and you can sit there and glass all day if you want. Yeah. And then that's why I always had that giddy little attitude when, you know, when we'd be in the bull mountains and I'm like, Oh, there's going to be, you know, right up there, glassing spot. We know yeah, we'll get we, there. We, we broke that out of you pretty fast. Yeah. Didn't we? Get there. Shit. All right. Well, I think that's, what's really great about anything that we do. Like even on this, this big ranch, you can have a day where you don't see shit. That's just how it is. It's hunting. And that's well, well, well the, the, what kills us is you leave the hayfield and you got 200 deer in the hayfield. 
And, oh, my God, there's all these there. Well, yeah, but the big guys that we want to shoot are gone. I mean, them three-by-threes and the small four-by-fours, we want those. You know, we're not going to shoot those. I don't care if it's your last day. You're not shooting. If you get, if you need meat, you're going to shoot a doe. You're not shooting a dink buck just to take horns home. Or that that That's just how, how Dave runs it. And it ain't going to change, and it's just the way it is. But that's why we have monster bucks. And I think one of my favorite things that um, was passed down to us from Dave is he has a rule out there, um, even if you're, because, um, like, even if you were, if he was to bring out, like, his nephew or something, or Which a, he has. or grandson or whatever, his rule would be, if you draw blood, you're, you're done. done. Yep. And I think that's a really, like, a lot of people don't practice that. I know people that have drawn blood on four, four or five different animals in a year, and I think that, that that's a that's an ethic thing that's really not passed down through how generations do you, anymore. How do you have, like, that mentality in your head that, I mean, you guys see it with me is cause like, I'm, I'm very particular on like on shots and shot right. placement. And it's like, I mean, I've never done it, but I know if I did shoot and know I hit and couldn't find it, I would be devastated. Yeah. Well, we talked about my bull that I shot a couple of years ago. Like, um, like even Ramsey, like we were both torn up. Like it was like, it was just really tough. And it was, <clears throat> I mean, the situation where it was like it turned into 75 degrees. I mean, archery hunting has been brutal anymore. It's, it's hot. And you're just like, man, it's just like, everything seems so right. It fit the, everything felt good. And you do all this hiking when we hiked our asses off to all of a sudden get to an opening where it's 200 square yards, you know, 200 yards in a circle of no blood and it's done. Well, for example, two years ago, I had Mr. Taylor from Georgia down mm -hmm. and he drew blood the first day, first morning. And he was done, and we spent four days tracking and tracking. We finally shot that thing the fifth day. The afternoon he was leaving, we found his deer, and he shot it through the brisket, and we were able to get that buck. Wow, that's amazing. Seriously? I love stories like that where you but, find but, him again. But but the big thing is, is we never stopped. I mean, you're not going to go look for something else. And we were out there till 10 and 11 o'clock every night. Right. But, you know, we didn't give up. Right, and that's just, I mean baseline ethical persistency in 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 outdoors uh toolbox which everyone needs to have yeah i mean seriously the the fact that you i i don't know i just the mentality that that you could have to go out wound an animal and then you know not try your best and not give up to find that animal now has there been situations where ramsey and i have been like goose hunting before and you wing a goose and you're just like you're chasing a goose for like three quarters of a mile and then goes into someone else's property and then jumps in the water and swims away. Like, does that happen? Am I going to stop goose hunting? Probably not. Like, that's just, that's part of the game. But when it comes to something like that, like, and, and then it was a particular situation too, where like, you know, I, we did the best that we could do. And that's why you're broken heart at the end of the day when, you know, it's like you lost your, like, that's your head. That's, the, what, that's what you get. There definitely is a line for how persistent you can be on on chasing a wounded animal but i feel like if you're ethical enough that you feel like you never cross that line until somebody else will tell you hey you know we've been doing this you know we've been looking we don't have any sign like i feel like that's that like having that in your mindset as a hunter is, is, I mean, it's definitely key in that because I feel like, I mean, I know Ramsey, 
personally, from how, how much I've hunted with him, that guy probably wouldn't stop trying to find a wounded animal. No, and that he was the one that was pushing us that day. Now, now let me let me ask you a question because you were you were headed out that day. You were not available, and we sent you pictures of like what's your honest opinion of like what in that situation like what happened because like we still talk we think about it today like we're still like beat ourselves up about like that would have been my full first archery bull i was like i would have probably cried if i would have found that thing and like we still look back on it and it's just like what happened like we had we had pools you know like this big sometimes it was just like i, I don't well, well, well it comes back to the same story <laughs> that i was just telling you with Alan, with mr taylor was when he shot that deer, I mean, he dropped it. I mean, it it dropped. I mean, we were high-fiving, bumping chests, and all of a sudden got up to the dang thing, stood up, and was gone. Right. Like, we didn't even hit it. That's the same thing with your elk. We found blood. We followed blood. We had big puddles. But same thing with the deer. It was just brisket shot. Right. You know? And with your deer, I... I, I believe it's still out there. Yeah. I believe it's it's still alive and it's still running around. And so did Dave. Yeah. And that's why I was like, like you guys gave me one more opportunity that year, which like we kind of went against what we've been talking about. It was just because we had come to the conclusion that it was just, there's no way that it died. We would have found no, it. Well, well, no, absolutely. Cause Dave came out there after that. And I mean, he's, we call him Eagle Eye. I mean, he can, you can't do anything that Dave don't already know that you've already done it. I mean, it's like, oh, you took a piss over at that tree. Well, that was four days ago, you know? Right. <laughs> and, yeah. but, but the, we never found magpies. We never found, which is huge. nothing. Cause you guys are where that, where that elk was shot. Um, you guys are traveling that nonstop and well, for miles. Well, it's the main road going to camp. Right. And so that was why, I don't know. It was just one of those times, like, I'm sure that it met, it, it ended up getting up, uh, finding some more elk. And then they just, usually when you get like cows, they get in with a wounded bull, they'll just, they'll just, it's like an adrenaline rush and they get just moving. And then it could have been on the other end of the property by the next day. Well, it's the same thing. We shot a bull. God, it's been probably five years ago. The, the guy shot and slipped on the rock at the same time while he shot, well, shot him in the ass, shot him right in the hind quarter. Oh, wow. And, uh, we watched, we followed him, we tracked him. Well, the closest we could get to him was like 1,000, 1,100 yards. And we watched him, and we were going to wait till he went bedded down and then do a stock on him. And we watched the cow elk put her mouth around the arrow and pull the arrow out of the, the hind end. And we wow. never did get the elk, but we got that on video. Holy shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you grow up, when you grow up your whole life hunting like that, that's the kind of shit you see. We were talking about this last night. And it's just like, that's why, I don't know, we just think that's kind of like the best thing that you have to bring here. Yeah. Besides your dashing good looks. There you go. Your face for radio. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't say that with a straight face. I couldn't. <laughs> um, God, I was going to say, I just had something in my mind here and I couldn't. Uh... And then a jingle from Rams. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of going back on kind of just starting this podcast, what is it like for you to like, this has com- got to be completely alien in, in a way. Well, yes and no. I mean, I've listened to you guys jabber on for three months. Right. Do you uh, do you have a trucker headset for when you drive? I cannot answer that. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't have a headset, but I have Bluetooth in the truck. Oh, okay. Like, hey, Swift truck. Quit driving all over the road. <laughs> 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 is that a thing for you too? I always hear about that. That just people dog on Swift drivers. 
Oh, they're pretty slow and they're pretty stupid. Mm. Is that like the? Is that like the Spirit Airlines of trucking? Well, it's kind of like you know when you toss someone to stand at a tree stand because there's a oh. right tail <laughs> that's running around all the time, and then he calls you on the radio like I shot like an elk, and you're like, God damn, I've never seen an elk come through that ever, ever come through that valley. And then you get down there, and he's like, Oh, I was like, I, I sit in the tree stand, and I can't, I just, I can't sit there no more. But I shot this this calf, you know, which was still awesome. It was good for you. But it's kind of like if you'd have sat in the dang stand like I told you to, you would have shot that monster whitetail. You know what's that funny? would now be on our wall in the in the studio. You know what's funny is that you're not the first person, not to dog on Riley by any means, but you're not the first person to tell a story about how Riley hasn't stayed in the spot where he should on the podcast. Yeah, and it's weird, dude. I I don't know if I just I don't have patience for sit hunting. I just can't like, which I want to get into it more. Um, but, well, he's full of shit right there because he can sit for three hours when he hears bulls bugling yeah. below us. I'm just an elk guy. I don't know what it is. I I love deer, and I really like. I we talked about this a few months ago where I did have a chance to shoot a pretty good whitetail this year, um, and I, I would I'd be pretty jazzed to do one. But like I'm just an elk guy, and everything about it, I don't know. Like I just get I don't get excited about mule deer anymore. Like I would I get more excited to be with people when they get deer. And then he's gonna guide, but he don't get excited. No, no, no. Help. That's what I'm saying. I get excited when I'm when I help other people shit. shoot deer. I for myself, like personally, for me, I I just don't. It doesn't do anything for me. Like, so, so so if you'd have found that that deer that we shot like ten years ago, that was you know eight inches outside of a yardstick, you wouldn't have been excited. Well, I, there's there's definitely a situation. I mean, there was also the one. Um, where you you unleashed me to to let me try and shoot that one that like eight inch drop time two years ago or last year, no three years ago no. three years ago, but uh, you were shaking so bad that, that I would have been all I would have been all about that. That's funny. Well, I mean, I got out there and I'm like, okay. I mean, if it's still a good shot, but he was shaking so bad he couldn't even do nothing. Yeah, I can tell you about the first time Matt made me cry. <laughs> made you cry? Oh, what, dude. last week? No, <laughs> no, this is the first time. Oh, this I get what you're saying. You're being, uh, you're being facetious. Okay, so I we go out there. It's the first time you know I've ever been out. To you're the a ranch. small child. Please preferences. Your, you, oh, yeah, you're nah. the size of your leg right now. Okay, and it, I was probably. <laughs> well, well, I didn't know you guys really when you were about waist tied to me. I was about twelve or thirteen at the time. Yeah, I'm maybe four. And when when Ramsey was like that young, like he was like he had his growth spurt when he was a senior, so he was tiny. He was okay. tiny when he was, when he first came out there. He was he a five ten freshman. Yeah, you, you were only but, like like five two when you anyway, first started. You're a little, so I had, little baby. I had not. What? <laughs> All right, go go go. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we go out there. I have no idea what to expect. I'm just like, oh, Matt's taking me hunting, and. We drive through this, I think it was an alpha alpha field with pivots on it. Yeah. About 400 deer in the field. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is how it's going to be. And he's like, yeah, we're not hunting here. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we go like way back in these coolies. And here's this deer, perfect five by five with double drops. And he's like, nah, it's too small. I had shot a two by two at this point in my life. So I'm just. Like, okay, maybe maybe there's bigger ones out here, you know? And then we find it even a nicer one yet. Just super heavy four by four. He's like, nah, we'll find something else. It's like, just, I was just starting to tear up. And then, like, I don't know. There was two or three more instances, and my dad looks at me. I'm just bawling in the backseat. So I'm like, I'm never going to shoot a fucking deer out here. This guy just brought me out here 
to show me all these deer he has on his property. And then finally, we I don't remember what field it was in, but there was about, I don't know, 40 or 50 deer in this field. And he's like, all right, pick one. And I was like, 12 at the time. Like, I don't know which one to shoot. And then we, it was that velvet deer. Yep. That was the one where we're like, yeah, I probably never get another chance to shoot one of those, which surprisingly I've had like three more chances since we then. We did last but, year. Yeah, but he also got you on a double drop tie and whitetail and you fucking muffed I it. Did. That was that same. We walked up to the edge and Matt's like, holy shit, look at the size of that whitetail. And I'm just like, where? And he's like, it's right there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see it. And then finally, by the time I see it, we're like right next to the neighbor's place. It jumps the fence and it just like turns and looks at me like, and I'm like, oh, yeah. sweet. <laughs> but uh, no, that was that was just super cool, super fun story, you know. Oh, when I did make up to it and take you to my honey hole, my secret elk spot, and let you shoot a cow, though. Ah, uh, that is true. That is true. After, I haven't. I wasn't even. I had to find that place on my own. Really? Yeah. I bet you still haven't found it. I probably haven't. But uh, <laughs> we saw a lot of elk that day. We did. I that, bet we that, saw two hundred elk. That was that 2021, day. dude. It was the year of. Or, 2020 yeah. and it was super funny because we just like we go to this one spot max like there's gonna be at least a 380 bull on the other side of this hill and we like drive over and i was like dude there's nothing here and then all of a sudden this bull just like walks up out of things like oh yeah okay well, it was like that everywhere though too and i don't know why like even even at our spot we saw like 150 elk that like normally you don't even see we mm-hmm. saw elk every single time we went out there I don't know why. Well, I, well, not every time because then we had the scary day and we didn't see nothing. Yeah, that was, that was the one day. The only thing, the only person that seen something was Corey and he was just seeing himself. No, we saw that one way out on the You guys might have. We didn't see nothing. We went to our honey hole. Well, well it was we, before, no, 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 it was before, before the gong. We saw the, spike, we saw a spike down the bottom right before the gong happened. Okay. Or maybe know. that was a different day. We've gone too many yeah. times. I don't even remember. Yeah, I can't but, remember. But, uh, I just remember the day before we came back and we seen that 400 class bull that was just Godzilla up on top of that ridge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw him again. You guys left me at the watering hole. Dude, it was like, he was was coming to the water hole. He was a hundred yards from you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We we were, there was a whole herd of them and they were coming to water. They they just didn't come soon enough. Cause I mean, by the time you guys saw him, it was dark. That was the scary night. We didn't see any elk. All of a sudden, Matt and I bumped that coolie and all the elk were coming out of every crevice in the whole place at dark. And we, then the elk comes across the headlights and it's like this. Oh, it was, it was the biggest bull I've ever seen personally. Yeah. And he was all white horn too. It was crazy. All white horns, perfect set. It was a typical seven, a ghost. monster seven. It was oh. a ghost. But we saw him a second time that year. As we we had to, we got snow. And, and I guarantee that fire bulls his offspring. Oh, absolutely. They yeah. have the same like that. That the royal is like ten feet long. Yeah. I mean, not that was no no it's not ten feet, but it's it's huge. It's monster. And but we did see that that giant seven. Uh, we got snowed out the last weekend of the season, and we had to get out, or we would have been stuck We're there. For, right on the fence line. Right on the fence line. Like Coming head, to us. Yeah, he, and we're just like, it was just one of those uh, surreal moments where you're just like, well, that's that season. Our season's done. Yeah. Like, you just knew it was like, that's it. Like, as you're leaving and everything's put away. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some cool stories. I mean, that's that's all the stuff that, that Matt can bring, and we can bring with Matt, and we're going to figure out a format that works, I guess, like for, I don't know. We'll talk about it when we come back from break. Um, 
we're going to kind of talk about like the structure of where we go on from here now that everyone's here. And then as well as like, again, I'd like to know a little more about like what it's like for you to all of a sudden be on a mic and headset. And then like, you kind of have to change your life, not change your life, but like now you have to accommodate time to, to, to be part of a media thing and put your face out there. Absolutely. So we will, uh, we'll be right back and we'll, we'll talk about a few more fun things here. Welcome back everybody. That was, uh, that was quite the break we had there. Heck of a break. Good laughs. Good laughs and a lot of business talk. That's that that could be a problem in the in the future. Is is our is our I almost what used to be a, a piss break and maybe grab another beer is turned into actually like get down into a business talk. Yeah. I almost forgot we were recording a podcast last or just now. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, we should better finish this podcast. <laughs> we're recording on a really different day too, which I don't I don't hate it. No. It's just like where do you come back from? Like, do you want to stay super current or do you want to just be prepared and, and sound really good? Change is tough though. I mean, in any aspect, because I mean, we we're used to doing what, like Wednesday, Thursday, mostly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I and mean, we've done some Tuesdays, but coming in on a Monday is like kind of flips the script a little bit. It's way different, but well, we have but, to, but you guys have to kind of go around my schedule a little bit. So yeah, Matt travels for his job and then, Ramsey and I are leaving to go, fly, and if Sean goes, Sean hopefully can go Friday night to go fly fishing for th- a couple of days. So it's just kind of a weird week, but I don't know this kind of like gets us into what we're going to talk about. Um, like kind of like where our mentality is changed. Like where I feel like we're literally saying this every week, where the podcast is just continuously changing structure that has no structure. Well, it got better because I'm here now, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I, I, <laughs> I guess. We can uh, edit that out, right? I guess uh, kind of the, the vision, the dream that we have for this now is not that. Okay, so we're going to always have the four main Friday podcasts. But now that there's four of us with open realm, like open reins to do anything, we want to be like the media company that if like Ramsey comes up with something that he can do on a podcast for 25 minutes. And it's quality and he wants to do it by himself and call it whatever he wants to call it. And we all review it and it goes out and sounds good. Like that's what I want. Like that's what we can be. You know, like we can have all these different, <coughs> like there's some other companies out there that, that do similar things, but I don't know. It's just like, we can have four of us doing something, three of us doing something like, like we've talked about before. Like that's the best thing that we offer is the ability to be, like a Swiss army knife of media, like where we can. I, uh, I definitely want to take advantage of our, uh, our cook over here doing some, I know we talked about this already. Did you like that idea? Or do you I, have... lo- I love that idea. Yeah. Which Sean hasn't had the p- prev- privilege of yet, but a little bit, I guess last night, but that's nothing compared to next Friday, next Friday, not this Friday, but next Friday, you're going to be mind blown. <coughs> I'm I'm super excited. But what's nice is we can set up like good like we can put the lapel on him and he can sit up there and we can do it like in a short amount of time, like a minute or a minute and a half. And it's just like we put this in here, then you put this in here. I'm I'm not a cook, so 
And that was a piss poor representation of what a cook does. But you know what I'm saying? Oh my. No, you gotta be like you put this in there, that in there, and hopefully they like it. And then you put and like then. a timer on the clock, and then hopefully like just something comes out. No, but like what I'm saying is like like a like a video that you would come across on Instagram or something, where it's like add this, and then you add this. Oh yeah, you turn this. you turn 25 minutes of meal making into like a 30 second video. Yeah, and people people eat that shit up, and like I think what he has, like I said on the last podcast. He's been feeding tons of people at a high quality for years. So, I don't know. I think it'd be really sweet. And well, I got to give my mom all the credit for that. Yeah, your mom is a fucking hell of a cook. Seriously. If I don't understand how you didn't grow up like... I don't know how you don't 450 weigh 480 pounds. pounds. I've seen pictures wow. of you when you were younger. I don't know how you weren't 450 pounds. Wow. I was not so lazy back then. Mm-hmm. He was running gunning, man. Yeah. That's why, like, I, like, every time I have to go guide, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do my diet because you just can't not eat. You're just going to have to hike more. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to get into it. And <clears throat> Oh, yeah, for sure. But, no, I thought that'd be, like, I I think that even though, like, of course, this is directed towards podcasting, but I think all of our videos, like, putting videos out and shit, it's just so much more, like, it shows us as a person and, like, I don't know. I it's it's a personal preference. What would you rather do? Sit down and listen to a podcast or, or watch something? Right. Well, what's your favorite thing to do when you're on the shitter? Right. Scroll through videos, TikTok, yeah, whatnot. Sure. So, like, I'm not going to... Uh, I always thought eating Taco John's, but... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's a moral dilemma on that Bull one. Brothers is not affiliated with Taco John or any of its affiliates. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, and you have a really like you, have, you actually have like a really beautiful kitchen upstairs too. So like it'd be like aesthetically pleasing to to. to and I have a good kitchen at camp. Yeah, I got an indoor and an outdoor. Yeah. Well, which is cool because I mean, you guys are almost—it's not guaranteed, but you have a high percentage of getting the archery tag this year. I don't know. About and that. I'm worried, dude. I, I'm generally. I'm just saying, like, well, if, if you two were super worried because the fact that the next world record is probably going to come out of that area again. No. And uh, there's going to be a ton of people that put in. The only advantage we have this year is there's outfitted sponsored tags. Gotcha. Well, I'm just saying, I, I hope you guys get the tag. And if I end up not drawing a tag, I'm literally just going to go video for you guys. Yeah. You know what I think, is, be- I, I think is a huge bonus for Belmont Brothers as a whole is. I mean, take the table for example, or an example here. Those two can go out and film awesome content, hunting and whatnot. Ramsey and I, on this side of the table, have put in for our separate tag. Yeah. And if we get that, I mean, just the, the so much more diverse. Seriously, it's it's different terrain. It's you know, it's going to be different styles of hunting, maybe. But it's, I mean, it's. We're gonna put out some awesome content come this fall. The yeah. only the only setback this year that's gonna hurt your feelings, there, Chumley, is the guy that named you Chumley, Corey, screwed up and went and got his tag on the second of April. So hmm. therefore, he is not coming this year. Hmm. Corey, he should have listened to our podcast because we definitely made an announcement to not forget to put in. Yeah, it's good to know that Corey doesn't listen to the fucking podcast. Well, I think maybe he heard heard the podcast and he was crying for two two episodes before when I was talking (laughs) to him. (laughs) And and 
you know, not to say that the four of us aren't going to, aren't going to have our opportunities that we're all together during this fall. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, we're definitely oh, going to have those. Well, we're going to be, be together because, because the nice thing is, is with us brothers in this group, and I want to call us brothers because that's what we are, is after hunting season, we still have trapping. We have oh, yeah. waterfowl. waterfowl yeah. I mean, we have so much stuff to do that we're looking at our summer books right now and it's like, man, do I have time to work? No. Yeah. Do I want to work? Well, I think what I we keep running into is like we we're going to fish. Like that's that's a that's what we like to do. But I'm tired of like running into like are we gonna have to get a permit to go here, a permit to go there to film just to film? And it's like, is it worth it in this first year? When I could just post free stuff like TikToks with just pictures and stuff, like is it worth making fishing episodes and buying and, permits and, every year? And I guess for our listeners, we'd like you guys to reach out to us through our social media and let us know if you want to see. Me. Yeah, yeah. If whatever's whatever you want to see is worth it to us. If this isn't a podcast for us, it's a podcast for you guys. Yeah, I'll meet. Absolutely. I'll meet everyone. And and this is a heavily used sentence on this podcast. Beaumont Brothers is not just a podcast. We are a media company right. based around the outdoors. We're going to give you everything we got, all of our energy into what fits your guys's opinions and fits your guys's entertainment yeah. opinion. I mean, seriously, like it's, we'll do, we'll do anything. But I, I think that's what's like, like just bums me out though. I was like, and maybe, maybe did you research for filming? Did was fishing included? Or did you look it's up just, hunting? It's just filming in general. It's filming in general. So like if you're a bird watcher, you'd have to get a permit. Yes. And and I don't know, because looking at it, the prices are set more for like people that are shooting movies, right? So it's like in in the, in the, I'm gonna have to like go because there's a there's a department that deals mainly with filming, right? I need to call them and talk with them because when I read it, they were talking about crew members and like how many vehicles you're going to have on set and all that stuff. I'm like, that is not even remotely close, not even remotely close to what we're doing. So I'm just like wondering if maybe they have <laughs> something set aside to where for like a YouTube, like a goat, like a GoPros, like we have GoPro, like that's like the main way to film fishing anymore is there's a guy with the GoPro and then there's a guy behind oh, yeah. him with a, with a camera, which is great. Cause I mean, now that Matt's here, you know, he's got a fishing boat. We're yeah. definitely you have one too that. now. Yeah. Well, we have one, we have like five. And then we got the 50 horsepower. Get Suzuki. it fucking right, Ramsey. Dude, Jesus. Uh, God, we didn't even talk about Ramsey. And I took the little chub out for the first, for the first ride the other yeah. night. Yeah. And uh, uh, just per usual, slid <laughs> rainbow trout. I just. I don't think he knows what the chub is. But oh, can you fill me in on that, please? It's um, the black pearl. It's the black pearl slash the little chub. It's uh, a boat that I got that was, it's a handmade wooden boat. And your, it was. Your like, buddy Todd made it actually. Yeah. We won't go oh, there. we gotta we gotta give a shout out to Todd for that. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, um, it sat under a tree for ten years, and we took it out and it floats. And so it was a tree for is, long. What do you think? It's like a twelve foot boat, no. maybe ten foot. Ten foot, probably. It's a ten yeah. foot. It's 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 you know if you get to the side a little bit, <laughs> it's a little tipsy. You get three biggins in there. It's we fit five people. Well, well, well we probably need to run the hard and pick up our Dave's sixteen footer. You don't use in the twenty five horse mark. Well. But this is a special boat because it's special to only use in one pond. <laughs> that's that's the only reason. Oh, we use I it. got you. 
Yeah, like it's a it's a motorless. It's a motorless, but you can't use like gas motors. And so, uh, but you wouldn't want to go because you have to fly fish. So, hey, I can fly fish. I don't doubt that you can. I just I think it's more of a preference thing. I just really like. Is it an ego lake. thing? Is it an, is it, is that what that is or no? Did you say ego? Yeah, because I, I think it's ego thing. I think it's more of like. Well, a, see, a you preference. guys are young. See, <laughs> all right, all right, there we go. All right, everybody, okay, so, settle so in get here. Your, so, get your finger on that button just for any point in this. In this <laughs> so, so, so back in the day, if you were a fly fisherman, you were an outcast, and that was the thing. If you weren't running a red Vibramax spinner and an ultralight pole on the Bighorn River, you were an idiot. Hmm. If you're a fly fisherman, you're like, what is that retard doing in the middle of the river? Get out of my way. And now, if you have a spin rod, which you youngins think is frowned upon. No, no, no. Listen, I grew up on a spin rod. I love spin fishing. Like, most of my and Sean's first fishing trips, we went spin fishing. We didn't go fly fishing. So the biggest thing back in my day, if you had a red devil... For fishing with a spin rod. And if you weren't a pair of Levi's and red flannel shirt, you weren't a deer hunter neither. Right. Now you guys got sick and you got to like, oh, I got to be sick. I'm sick. I love it. But that's the difference between your generation, my generation. And then if you think I'm old, talk to Trapper Dave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked him the other day when I was out there helping him with his flooring. I was like, what do you, uh, you think is working right now on the river? And he's Rattled off a bunch of spin fishing stuff, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> super!" I brought my fly rod. <laughs> I uh, I think when it comes to fly rod stuff, it's just like it's more. I don't know. Like I feel like I'm just more in touch. Like it's just you're doing more, and that's why I like it. You know, it's like you're I feel more like active. You, you feel everything a little bit more. Yeah, it's harder. I think. And instead of just reeling the fish in, you know, you actually have to, you know, fight it a little. Bit. See, like, see, but as a guide, see, I'm a cheater. I'll throw a spin rod out there real quick, catch a fish. Throw a tube down there, suck the stomach real quick, see what they're eating. Well, you guys are still trying to figure it out. I'm already five steps ahead of you. Then I, I mean, hook my clients up with what they need, whether it's a shrimp or a red red ninja. Yeah, Th- those are pretty bad on the pink one. Pink sow bug. No, the red red ninja is the way to go. You don't like the pink sow. On the top thirteen, the you use uh, orange scuds. Or on the top thirteen, yeah. I, yeah. See, and I always ever fished the top thirteen. It was a, a pink scud and a San Juan worm. See, I've you never, I've caught never fish. caught a fish. And, and you always had to have a red or an orange. Yep, red or orange yep. San Juan worm. You never have caught a fish off a of San Juan worm before I started fishing life. with Josh. That's all I ever caught fish on. On the that's unbelievable. Worm. I've tried so many times. It's like and every time, I'm like, like, why do I have this? Eight on here? times out of ten, they bit the San Juan. That's yep. wild. So okay, well, scenario here: you go to a, a piece of like a pond and you fish all the time and fly fishing works the best. You catch the biggest fish and the best quantity. Are you still going to bring your, your spin rod? No, no. Like if I took you to this place and showed you exactly like if I told you this works with this, this, this time of the year, would you, would you do it or would you bring your own thing and do it your own way? Well, certainly I'd hate to kill you on this because I'm the expert. So as soon as I got there, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to outfish anyway. So whether so, it's a spin rod or a fly rod, I the, just, you probably don't want to show me your tricks. The boat that I was in this last Friday was two guys that wanted to do it their own way and weren't catching shit. So that's I, not entirely true because 
You guys I had that luckiest shit. No, no, like no, twice. no, no. Let me finish. Almost every time I was throwing my indicator out there, if and, but they wouldn't stop moving the boat, Sean. I'm like, dude, anchor up because the setup I'm doing, you have to be like, you can't be moving that much. Like you can kind of fish it. I have caught bigger fish more consistently the way I was doing it. And had I not also been driving the boat while fishing, I probably would have done it the same way as you. Did you have a guide? I was the guide. Well, then if you're the guide, you're the expert. Exactly. So but I you're, you're done, fish and bigger fish you're, you're and done. It don't matter. He's the guy. He's the expert. It's just the way it goes. Listen, did you catch fish? Yes. Did the other person in the boat catch fish? We also, I will say. No, no. Answer defense. my question. Yeah, yeah. He did. Then my job was complete. But Five right there, bud. If we go out next time, I would like to be given a little more freedom to not to, to anchor up in that one Listen, spot. If, if it would not have been as cold and windy, I probably would have anchored up. Dude, Sean, these guys. Let's these, uh, these let's, guys let out. me just let me just. Uh, oh, Sean, you're still here. Intertwine <laughs> myself into this conversation. If we want to talk big, big fish, I can. Uh, I, I can show you guys some photos. Oh my god! How many right, do you? Boys. How many do you have mounted? Guys, because I think the winner of that conversation. All right, all right, all right. Shake your dicks, boys. This pissing right, contest yeah. is over. <laughs> let's move on. All I'm do saying. Do we want to go after elk now or deer or what do we want to do? I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> We're all experts in our. I'm own pretty life. sure I took someone to shoot a spike. He shot a spike right where I thought him there'd be elk. I took the other guy. Sean hasn't had the privilege yet. I'm he not will. gonna disagree with. As this. soon as we go turkey hunting, he's gonna be like, "God damn it, he is an expert." When it comes to <laughs> stuff like that, I'm a sponge. And I've always been. I've never. I've never contradicted. I've never tried to tell you that I think I know more than you when it comes to that. Not one no, time. no, because you always know I'm right. I don't know. The only that, one that's it's right, a respect that, thing. the only one that has more knowledge than me is my dad. Okay, that's fine. And whoever has more knowledge than him, then I, I would really like to meet that person. I'm a very coachable person, though. Like I feel like it's a respect thing more than we're, we're, more than we're, just. We're gonna find that out here soon, like come September. As far as what? Well, you're gonna be guiding. Oh well, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying is like if I'm gonna I'll go with you like I I respect your years of experience. No, absolutely you do. Yeah. Sean, come on. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Riley I took hear that the conversation gears turning in his head to the whole new level. He took that so personally. No, I didn't. Do it personally. Did. No, no, I just wanted to be known that like I'm not that kind of person. Oh like my, I. Oh I, my gosh, that was hilarious. I, was he just sitting over here turning red? <laughs> he was. Yeah, yeah. Trying not to say nothing. Here it is, man. Like, I, I, I'm not gonna. Like, I do know a Here's lot of Riley's shit. Here's TED talk. I know a lot of shit. Okay, and I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't know a lot of shit. But I don't. Like, I have a serious problem with like guys outside of this that we like. You, you know who I'm talking about right now. Like that want to. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to like say that you know so much shit about hunting and then you're going to fuck up in front of somebody and do something wrong and then you look like an idiot and that's just not who I am. And I just hope for me that don't happen next Friday when we have. No, no I don't. Well, as show. long as you stay out of the pinnacle whipped we'll be all right. I think that when it comes don't to bring When it comes to hunting with people <laughs> have, have you had it with root beer? Yes, we have. Dude, it tastes yeah. like a hey, cream. And I, listen, I'll listen. add this in right boys, now. Boys, 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 boys. Dylan, Dylan is going to be happy with whatever happens that weekend, and I guarantee it. Okay, okay. First of all, if we're going to talk about with, pin, with Pinnacle Vodka, 
we're not associated with. Bull Mountain Brothers is not affiliated with Pinnacle Blue Vodka. <laughs> Matt and I have tried every single combination of every single kind of soda. So don't even question what we've done with that drink. I have no interest in knowing what you two do at the lodge when yeah. you're by yourself. Um, it's the cabin. But we did and what happens at the, the cabin, cabin stays at the cabin. We did that choose, was it strawberry or cherry? Was it Strawberry Fanta, which we're not Ooh. associated with that neither. Yeah, that's that's the money. Bull Mountain Brothers is not affiliated with Strawberry Fanta <laughs> or the Coca-Cola bottling company. <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't get back on my tangent. I know I was. Ta- I I know I get on that. That you know what box. I'm very happy that you didn't do what. Let's preface this, <laughs> bro. I haven't had to let's preface it. Sean wants to put that on a T-shirt. I do. I want to put Riley's face, Chumley, next to Chumley. <laughs> there we go. Let's preface this by. <laughs> and on the next podcast, guys, stay tuned because you will hear the story about Chumley. Yeah. Can we like? We gotta reach out to like the real Chumley. No, we don't and have to see do if shit. We can get. I don't look like fucking Chumley. Uh. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, you if you didn't look like Chumley, I wouldn't call you Chumley. When we were in Custer. You are Chumley. Your girlfriend almost looks like Chumley's wife. <laughs> Not even remotely close. They were pushing at that point. I will say that there are some resemblances since I'm a white male overweight that I could potentially look like Chumley. Yeah, but me and Matt don't look the same. You don't go around calling me Matt. We're both uh, white males. But what do we get every day? Huh? People always ask if we're twins, Ramsey. So where is that going to put us here? Oh, no. People if, ask if you're twins all the time. Be real. Be honest with them. Oh, it happens all the time. But at the same time, like I'm half a foot taller than you. Yeah, but that has nothing I to do with your face. I have all my hair on my head. Guys, is my hair that bad? <laughs> Am I not seeing hey, my hair? Hey. This well, is. Not, this you guys is, can see. This is. See? This is not, not a. This is not a shit on Riley hour. Yeah, right. you're right. All right. Guys, we're, we're, on. On. we're at 21 minutes here. So. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You're okay. Right. <laughs> we're, 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 we were turning into our bullshit session right there. That was getting a little out of hand. So I'm just going to wrap it up here with, with a couple things. Next weekend is our turkey hunt with Dylan, the yep. raffle contestant winner. We're so super psyched. And it's nice to have Matt here now. So we can really plan it and get it really for him. Cause he does listen to the podcast. I mean, he's been on it religiously. So. I mean, as soon as it drops, he's like, um, I, if he's, you know, thanks, Dylan. yeah. With you listening, uh, like we want to give you the best experience that we can give under, you know, you know, as far as, uh, partnering up with two leggings outfitters and then, uh, what we can do filming. I, I'm super excited to see, like we've done some stuff on camera, but this is really going to test our talents of can we can we uh, accomplish our vision of what our hunts uh, hunting episodes are going to look like, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. There's a there's a lot of preparation leading up to that weekend. Yeah, between the four of us. Yeah, if any of you watched the video that Sean put, did yesterday of him walking around and showing you guys all the gear that we have in that shelf. Half of that probably has to go with us. Like there is yeah. so much that goes. Well, because we've video anyway. we've considered doing like a a remote podcast too. We right. absolutely are. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll Correct, have uh, we'll have our old recorder and 
Well, shoot, we could. You know, we might have to share mics or whatever, but we're still going to put out the same quality podcast out there that we do here. Yeah. Um, I have gone through all of the painful tasks of getting everything ready for doing lapel mics so our guys can be mic'd up while they're hunting. You know, you can hear the conversations between Matt guiding and the hunter and we're just going to try to take it from A to B, get everything figured out so you guys can have an experience as if you And you, you guys were. don't have to worry about the hot tub because it's super small out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smells super good too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks again for to everyone that's really gotten us to this point. We've been really reflecting on that lately. Of, um, We're just kind of in awe of where we're at sitting here what's going on in this room, what's going on online and um, really to be able to do this for the inevitable future is, is kind of a a blessing and uh, may it be tough some days with full-time jobs. You know, maybe there's a, there's going to be a day down the line that, that, that we don't have to do that, you know? Um, But for now we're just going to, we're going to keep grinding, keep, uh, keep doing what we're doing, keep bringing, cool things like what we're doing for, for Dylan next weekend. And, uh, uh, we're happy to have Matt here now so we can really just kind of push forward with, with all our ideas. And I don't know, it's going to be good. Big things coming. Always. We always say it, but there is, it's true. Yeah. Hell yeah. As long as we keep the drive and keep the motivation and keep the, like hard work pays off, you know? That's right. Bull mountain brothers for life, boys. For sure. Yeah. Well, and you guys uh, as listeners, let us know if there's anything you want to hear. Yeah. yeah. Or anything you want us to do or film. Or, or stop doing. I mean, yeah, I don't, anything. I don't know if we can put Ramsey under the table, but, you know. We can put me over in the corner or on the recliner, I guess. Well, we already tried to put you in a closet and you just weren't. I'm just kidding now. <laughs> <coughs> um, but no, I think, uh, are we good here, boys? You got anything to add anyone else? I think we're good. I think that wraps it up. Not what it does. All right. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next, next week. <laughs> I almost had you, Mike. Fuck it. Right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Bull underscore Mountain underscore Brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at BullMountainBrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.